0: the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brooks, Brian Christopherson here on Wednesday. It's been a busy week since spring football has started. Nebraska has five practices done already. They had a big visit weekend. We're going to dive into all of that. We're not going to waste any time with banter or discuss a basketball team up in Omaha that isn't playing anymore. We're not going to do any of that. We're just going to go right into football. PC enjoyed that a little bit. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. How he laughed. I got a laugh out of him. Brunts, I never get a laugh out of. So that's what that's what we got here. All right. Practice. What did you guys see? Brunts biggest takeaway from yesterday?
1: Um, well, there's more position changes. Um I so AJ Rollins is now working both at tight end and defensive line edge, whatever they're gonna call it. Um, Julio Martin's move to wide receiver also working a little defensive back that's a gray jersey so update your jersey color flip card at home but there's four of them now right uh let's see there's yellow green red white and now gray so we're oh. at five
0: where did red white come from
1: they're the they're the guys who are active oh my bad yeah, yeah i'm yeah.
0: thinking the no no no, no. yeah was, so have we had purple yet is there a purple jersey I feel like there's a blue one that you'd see every now and then. Yeah, but those are like the scout team ones, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was like the that was the blue that Kenny Bell wore under his regular jersey for years. i never heard about that. <laughs> the first time I'm hearing about that. Um, so yeah, Adrian Rollins' move. The more I've kind of thought about it, I'm I'm mildly intrigued. I, I'm I'm mildly intrigued. I. That was my takeaway. Was that that I think there's more talent at the tight end spot than maybe what we gave credit for coming into the spring, especially now that they've moved Jake Apple we'll get over there. They got Janerian Bonner, and AJ Rollins has apparently been doing quite well at defensive line and rush end edge, whatever you're going to call it. And
0: I'm uh, that that's something I'm watching now. I'm mildly intrigued. Is this a BC, is this a freedom Akamaladin moment for for AJ Rollins? New coach, new position, new avenue to
2: success? I think he has potential at either spot still. And he was one of those guys I felt like was just maybe on the fringe at tight end last year. But I don't blame them for exploring the possibility because I didn't get to see him as much as you guys probably did when he was at Omaha Creighton Prep. But I thought... He was pretty. I thought he could be a pretty stout defender at the next level. I didn't know that. I preferred one position over the other, but it sounds like so far he's led the the team in sacks. um, You know, when he's got his reps, Um, we're only five in, and uh, so take that for what it is. Uh, But he he looks good uh, alongside those guys. They have some guys that are young that just really look good to me that I don't know if they'll be ready this fall or not, but like, I know we've talked about Cameron Lenhart. Um, he jumps out to me. Princewell uh, looks good too. When you're standing 10 feet from him and you're like, okay, I understand why he's a top, such a highly rated guy. Um, so while I'm a little, uh, I don't know if nervous is a term in March. Cause I'm not like losing sleep. Yeah. I'm not losing sleep about the defensive line situation. I promise you, but I do wonder a little bit about their depth, but then there's that part of me that's incredibly excited for like the next couple of years at that position. Um, when you think about the recruits that are coming in and if AJ Rollins can be a part of that, um, and, and give you something, um, I mean that, that, that thing can look pretty good within the next couple of years. They have some, some guys that that at least you're like, I want to watch that.
0: I had to think about it for a second, but if I go all the way back to the beginning of AJ Rollins recruitment, it actually started at a Nebraska team camp with Creighton prep there and Barrett Rood offered him because they loved what he was doing as a defensive end. He wanted to play tight end. So I think that's kind of how things ended up where it did. I don't think that he envisioned that he'd be able to get big enough to be a defensive end at the college level. Uh, and so I think he was more intrigued by tight end. So I think that's why things kind of lined up the way that they did, but it, it does seem like he has always kind of stood out for some coaches based on his ability to play on the defensive side of the ball. So that one uh, of the, of the position changes, that one definitely caught my eye, but I can, I can certainly see why. And then, you know, we, we've, we've seen it before with Nebraska. I don't, I think Terrence Knighton will be a different style than Hank Hughes, but they were able to get some, uh, some good play out of freedom uh, for several years who then got a cup of coffee in the NFL. So, I would say that worked out really well for him. But when Bruns and I first saw Freedom, he was a tight end down in uh Grandview, I think high school in Missouri. Is that right, Brunson?
1: Yeah, he was uh <laughs> he was catching passes,
0: wearing an Angry Birds t-shirt, from yeah. what I can remember. <laughs> I was just thinking he's part of our screen graphic t-shirts collection. Yeah. That uh, you know, I was disappointed Caleb Pyfram was wearing just a standard Omaha Central jacket the other day. I almost went up to him. And I asked uh, if you had any new screen printed shirts. We need those back. All right. Um,
2: what else from practice? BC, what was your big takeaway? Um, it's not like we've seen them throw the ball down the field much, the QBs. But I guess the visual right in front of all the media, as they're lined up on the sideline, of Casey Thompson, like closest to the sideline, going through all the footwork drills right next to. Jeff Sims, and even though Casey had the yellow jersey on, you could see him. You know, he, he did some short throws and stuff like that. He's not cleared to go all the way, but I, that I thought that vis- visual was important of like kind of resetting because I do think that it, the narrative sort of took off like, well, it's Jeff Sims. Like, yeah, there's kind of been this. I I feel like there's been this thought like Jeff Sims is their guy. And I don't know if we should go all the way with that right now. I think you got, you got to remind yourself, Casey has uh, been through some QB battles many times before. He's still here. He's still very engaged. And um, I thought all the cameras clicking and catching video of him working there um, is, is, is good for the public conversation, I guess, if, if that makes sense Uh, to, to just like, cause sometimes we're, we're in that, Time of year where we're trying to fill space and it's like, well, who's going to be the fa- who do you think it's going to be? And, you and you know, you'll say like, oh, Jeff Sims, maybe 55, 45 Sims. Nobody knows. I mean, let's see what, if Casey can bounce back and he's he's getting all the education of the offense, just like Jeff Sims is. And uh, it sounds like he's being a good uh, teacher behind the scenes to younger QBs. I just remain intrigued by Casey, and I don't want to just uh, set him off to the side, even though Jeff Sims is a very appealing prospect and was good in front of the media, too. Yeah,
0: you you mentioned there right at the end, but he spoke for the first time to the Nebraska media on Tuesday. I mean, I don't know which one of you guys was standing over there, but uh, how did that go? Yeah, he's... Uh he was
1: very straightforward about his adjustment to the cold um that's something that he is currently adjusting to what was sleeves what was sleeves the first day um and then had to to decided to back it off to to no sleeves the rest of the way and seems to be doing better i i seem to remember some like gator bowls that we covered that were sneaky cold from from what i uh what i can remember like even the Georgia Nebraska game that year, like it rained, it was still pretty chilly. Like it wasn't like, Mm -hmm. you know, wind chill stuff, but it it was uncomfortable. But, um, you know, I, I think he's a guy that, and he said this, I mean, he's kind of been through it and, you know, this is his second stop. He's been in college football for four years. He's a veteran. He knows how to, you know, learn an offense and study and all that other stuff. Um, I think the fact that Matt rule and Jeff Collins had their connection, I think was somewhat appealing to him in, in why he ended up at Nebraska. And, you know, he, I thought his answer, he was asked straight up, like, how do you, how, how do you, as the outside guy coming in as a, you know, in a quarterback competition kind of function. And especially when that guy that you're competing against or perceived to be competing against is out. And he basically said, I'm working on myself. Like that's, that's all you can do. So. um you know, being around him for the first time. I mean, he's every bit of six foot four. Um, I think if they list him at two twenty. I mean, he, he looks like a bigger than that, right? Big physical quarterback. Um, so, you know, there's that when you start thinking about, okay, how much is Nebraska going to run the ball at the quarterback, that kind of thing. But I thought he handled himself well. I mean, the the Nebraska media contingent that first time I think can kind of catch people by surprise, but I I thought he handled himself pretty well. I mean, he, he, He seemed to me like a
0: veteran quarterback, which I guess is probably a good thing. So have you guys, like, thought about how odd Nebraska's quarterback room is? Like, every individual story, save for maybe Richard Torres, is kind of its own, like, weird backstory thing. You have Casey Thompson, who's been, as Brian put it, in multiple quarterback battles in the past at Texas. And then he was Nebraska's quarterback last season, except when he was injured. You have Jeff Sims, who by all accounts is uh a recruiting darling, like the the analysts loved uh what he looks like, how he throws, all of that, you know, during his recruitment. And then he had kind of a rough career at Georgia Tech, and now he's here at Nebraska. You have Chuba Purdy, who had a really tough time last November when thrust into playing time. You have Logan Smothers, who sort of just hung around despite everyone kind of assuming his we would be the next one in the transfer portal he's got a career start and has played as a backup to Chubba Purdy several times and then you have Heinrich Harburg who everyone's ready to pencil in for another position and Nebraska's dropping a video of him scoring on a touchdown on Saturday uh on what looked like a triple option play and then you have Richard Torres and of course there's other guys beyond that but Nebraska's like quarterback room doesn't lack for narratives or storylines on its own, and they have this giant collection of them as a new coaching mm. staff tries to figure out. You know, not just for this upcoming season, but uh, if it is Jeff Sims, you would theoretically have multiple years. You'd have multiple years with Purdy. You'd have multiple years of Harburg and Smothers. Like it's just kind of a weird car crash of a room. Mm. And when you step back and you think about it, I don't know that we've ever covered a quarterback room, or I certainly haven't covered. A never asked a quarterback room quite like this. one.
1: I think the only thing that could get close to it was that first spring, the, you guys know about Patrick spring, like, cause you had. But none the, of those
0: guys had played. That's I know. The
1: difference. Well, I, I think that was kind of the, they each had their own kind of like right backstories and they were all like <laughs> really, really highly touted recruits. And
0: cause it's Martinez, O'Brien, Jebia. Jebbia. Jebbia. Um, is there anybody else? Is there a there was, in there?
1: There was one other guy in there. Um, Andrew Bunch. Andrew Bunch, there Bunchy was there, I think. Yeah. So I mean, it that that lag, that was a true <clears> competition. <throat> this one's just like, how do we find enough reps for these guys who are all like,
0: you have four guys that have started Power Five games. I mean, they're
1: veterans, and yeah. it's a chock full. I remember. You like when Scott Frost used to say, and Mario Verduzco used to say that they wanted to have five guys in the room. You're like, how the heck are you ever going to do that? I mean, you turn around and look at this season, and it's like you're probably having to like move tables and stuff out of the meeting room just to fit everybody.
2: Yeah, I the of the guys that we're we're talking about. Harburg so far this spring's probably been the most interesting to me just that you you mentioned the clip they showed and it, it doesn't feel like anything's done unintentionally um over there I'm glad and, you think the same thing and um just the fact that he was brought up in front of the media and you know he is as you say willing to switch positions but um I'm I'm intrigued about Harburg to QB right now. I mean, I everybody else we've at least seen, we've got a taste of sort of in-game action for the most part, aside from Richard Torres. But Harburg's that guy who we knew when he was a prospect recruited that he was a raw guy that was going to take a little time. And you'll remember that first spring game he had, his arm strength kind of wowed people. He was against the wind, I think, and he led that one drive to win. I know it's a scrimmage, but they cared. And he got it done and made some big throws and he's got great um, like speed. He does for the position he plays. I mean, he, he, he's going to, he's not going to take a backseat to anybody. And I know that they, they care a lot about that GPS stuff. You hear rule, bring it up a lot. And um, they really use that to uh, form like, you know, evaluations on, on some guys and explain that for the, for the listeners. Well, I, like there's just some guys who maybe um, I know that they've seen and they might not at off off the cuff look as fast to the eye, but then they they're going back and they're like, man, he he's got like good his GPS stuff. Right? They, I mean, they. I'm just saying they factor it in. They're using yeah. like all their technology to like sort of form evaluations. It's very metric based staff. It feels like we see that in how they recruit when they you look know. at all the track times of these guys. And so it would be no different in how they're evaluating their players here and sort of like, what are the measurables that are like proven data about these guys that, that we can use to make educated decisions. And obviously what, then what you do in like the scrimmage kind of takes precedence over it all or, you know, takes that, that's what decides things. But Harburg um, was not a guy two weeks ago. I thought um, we'd have spent as much space or time talking about, or, you know, doing interviews with and a uh, credit to him that he's, he's, you know, fighting the fight. And um, I think this staff's in, very intrigued by him in some way or another.
0: Moving on from quarterbacks, anything else you guys want to get into before we go into a big visit we've been, mm-hmm. which will also feature some quarterback yeah. talk. This there can
2: kind of, Oh, go ahead, bronze. No, go ahead i i'll follow up with whatever you got so this would this would maybe connect to the recruiting stuff um i thought it was interesting brun saw this rules during the practice he's the type of guy who will come over and he talked to a couple of us media guys and he's just having a conversation about you know just general stuff for about 10 minutes um but the way he can kind of do that and go into interacting about just like whatever topic under the sun with a couple of guys on the sideline, a couple of pencil neck guys, and then suddenly turn the switch and go into coach mode. And he, I mean, he holds his coaches as accountable as he does the players during the practice. That's something we've seen. And he said as much after the practice, he said, I'm sure you guys saw that. Um, But I, I was thinking, as we had that experience with him yesterday where he came over and talked to some media and then he just popped right into coach mode, how effective he can be on all these visits during practices, you know, where he can go. He has, he has an ability, I think, to communicate in just a normal level with this conversation with a parent and a recruit over here. And then, okay, coach mode and you see his passion and intensity for that part too. And I think that could be very effective. Um, and probably was on Saturday. And it, it from our reviews that we'll get into from recruits, I, it sounds like that happened. One other thing that popped yesterday,
1: that I, it was kind of like a quick aside that Rule was talking about. Um, but as you kind of are thinking about the defense and, and what this is going to look like and how it's going to work and where guys are going to fit and all this other stuff, uh, it was noteworthy to me that Matt Rule – said that they want to they want to be able to play like 20 guys a game on defense and that that stood out to me and he he kind of like verbally highlighted it and I I'm going to kind of view I think the way that competition unfolds this spring through that lens of like yes you're looking for your best 11 they're going to mix and match in a 335 there's going to be some personnel coming in and out but they want to get a lot of guys into the games and and not just have a situation where you know the same three or four defensive linemen are having to play all the snaps so that that was noteworthy i think from from yesterday's session it probably didn't you know rise to the level of a headline or something like that but that's the kind of depth that they're looking for on defense as they go through the spring and they're not to the point yeah. where they're putting together a depth chart, it's a lot of teaching, but there, there's going to be opportunities for guys that we, kind of like Heinrich Harburg's on defense in some ways, where the guys that maybe aren't aren't front of mind right now, but at some point in the season, they're going to be called upon to come in and, and give important snaps in, in you know conference games and tight situations. So um, keep that in mind, I think, as the spring goes along and, and we're talking about you know, guys who are emerging and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe new positions, things like that.
2: That that was good. That was a good point because it was at the very end of his time with the media when he said that. And it, it did get, I think, lost a little bit, but it was, it it was pretty interesting. And I think of like a John Bullock who we've already heard of. I just think there's going to be these names that sort of pop up. Um, and if you remember Thomas Fedone, um, when he was up in front of the media, he said there's some guys who they sense it's like the real chance now, like that guys who have maybe been slept on in this program for a couple of years. And you can tell that they they think it can happen for them with this staff and this staff's really paying attention to them. And so uh, going with what Brun said, you, I do think we're going to see a few more surprises than we normally have seen of just guys who, you know, maybe they're walk-on types or whatever. But, and he, he actually said, I'm sure there's walk-ons sitting in that locker room right now. who are basically wondering what the heck, where the heck am I? Am I lost in this whole thing? There's a hundred, some guys over here, but they're going to matter at some point And we just got to keep them thinking about that.
0: All right, let's take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to dive into the big recruiting weekend. We'll run through what we know, what was set up. Uh, what could happen for Nebraska going forward. And we'll even talk about a guy named Dylan Rayola, if you care to listen to it.
2: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDIC.
0: Recruiting. Big weekend for Nebraska. Had a bunch of visitors in. Not everybody made it in, which is what we expect. I mean, when you, you, you go through these sorts of things, you just know that the visit list is never going to quite line up with what you have for confirmed visitors. And that was the case for Nebraska as well. But they had... I would say, guys, 85 90% of the people we expected to be in were there. Plus, they had some other additions as well that Brunson will speak on uh, from Utah. But we'll just start right away um, with, with kind of this recruiting weekend. And we were all making phone calls. We were all catching up with different people. Any immediate takeaway for you, Brian Christopherson, from the recruiting weekend? Nebraska did not get a commitment. Hmm. I should put that out there. But any immediate takeaway that you have based off of this this Junior Day weekend,
2: I'll just be quick and reiterate what you said really well last week. Is it was a table setting weekend, and people just have to keep that in mind. And they feel like they did that very effectively. And I mean, that's really what it was. And now the idea is hopefully these guys come back for officials. But you did have your you know Wingo and Ryla on location, um, thinking about they talk all the time. Wingo said about teaming up together. And, you know, here it is in Nebraska and you see the building going up and you see a coaching staff that's passionate. It's been in the NFL and that, that can't hurt. So, um, they, they got done the, they, they, set the foundation, I guess, for what they hope will get, you know, maybe three or four of those guys pop at a later time. But, uh, you had to, you had to do this first step to get there.
1: Bruns? Yeah, it was, it was interesting because a lot of these guys went to the baseball game on Friday and they didn't come at the same time. So like I, I was on the concourse, you know, doing baseball stuff. And like, there's just this mass of people that kind of start moving towards the left, the, the, the left field foul line. And it's, it's Dylan Riola. And then like a couple minutes later, like Ryan Wingo walks by um, it, it just like, I, I think Roger Gradney kind of came into, it was just fun because it was like, it was like a Royal rumble almost like it was like every three minutes, there was like a new recruit that was like showing up and coming and hanging out. And I, I don't know. I, th- I thought it set kind of a good tone for the weekend. I mean, it, it didn't feel like my sense wasn't that it was this huge, like, you know, the staff wasn't making it this huge blown out weekend, but just kind of like a, Hey, come hang out, watch some practice. Um, and, and like you said, just kind of, st- starting that relationship or at least that next step and getting them on campus that you would kind of talked about so you know I I think they did a good job of of bringing in some pretty big names I I can't think of a weekend like that at any point that I've been covering recruiting so I I think you know for the most part it was pretty good I mean I I think they're going to get some commitments out of this weekend Um, but you know it it, uh, probably is going to be a little bit further down the road
0: yeah, I, you hit on something that um, talking with different recruits yes. and, and other people that were over there on Saturday, the word understated got used a couple times to kind of describe it. Like, I, I sort of wondered if it was going to be almost a festival type atmosphere where you're really trying to whip people into a frenzy. And it wasn't that at all. I mean, it was very low key. It was just kind of like you said, come hang out, watch us practice. Come see what we've got going on. Spend some time around some guys that you know from 7-on-7 seven seven or you know from your area or whatever, and just have a good time. You know, I, it was it was really interesting because I I think, you know, when we think of the big sort of previous visit things with Nebraska, it has all this kind of pomp and circumstance with the Friday night lights and, and all of that, or you have, you know, the big visit weekend games where there's this massive game that's also being played in addition to it. This was just kind of a, like, just come chill in Lincoln. And I think it it hit with a lot of people in a way that I don't know that I was expecting. Um, You know, a couple of those guys, Nate Frazier, Gatlin Bear, just, like, could not stop raving about just the people. And I do think that the most successful recruiting operations is not necessarily the glitz and glamour. It's being able to sell, like, hey – we can get you to where you want to go. And when you're here, you're going to have a great time. And that's really what those guys were sort of saying coming out of it. And to the point of this being a table setter, I mean, I think of the people I talked with outside of maybe one recruit, everybody else was talking about how this was lining up for, you know, they're planning on getting back and they're already kind of discussing, like it broke into smaller groups where you have, you know, gauge Ginther talking about how he wants to spend more time with, with guys like Ian Flint or um, Gibson Pyle, or he'd love to be back at the same time as Rayola if it works out, if they wanted to take visits at the same time again. So it it just sort of created this opportunity where these guys build future relationships with people that may or may not be their teammates. But it also reinforced like, hey, if you're going to come back for a visit, maybe I try to come back that same weekend. Um, and I think that can be really valuable, you know, as they try to put this class together. Obviously, you would love to have commitments coming out of it. I don't think I'm breaking any news when I say that they're eventually going to get those. I think there's several guys that are ready to commit to Nebraska um, that just have to go see a couple other schools um, or just want to, you know, finish off their recruitment to the fullest before they lock in. But I feel pretty confident that there's, you know, three to five guys alone out of this weekend that we're going to draw back to and quite possibly more uh, that are going to end up being Nebraska commits where it, it just had a large um, you know effect on their whole recruiting so I thought it was a successful weekend even as they come away without a commitment uh, but a lot of that has to do with the excitement level of, of most of these guys I was talking to was really really high I mean they just they wanted to get on the phone they wanted to talk about Nebraska it wasn't like a you know three-word answer and then I'm stammering the next question like it was there's some long quotes in there and uh, there's a lot of excitement and it it came from a place where it wasn't, you know, forced. It, it seemed pretty genuine to me.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I I also think um, sometimes you see all the offers that go out and you can think of like, man, they're, they're casting a net for like hundreds of guys here. I believe they have a more specific focus right now. Um, and I don't know exactly what the cutoff number is, but the board is, I think, Um, you know, there's it's a smaller number of guys where it's like, let's see what can happen over the next couple months. And I think you put a good number on it, Schaefer. Like if five of those guys popped, you know, like about five of them, you'd take it and then you kind of reset. And I don't think they mind going into the senior, you know, senior year with some guys and seeing um, you know, they had some success with that with guys who uh, it sort of flashed their final year and that's sort of an old school way of recruiting. But I think you blend those two things together, like with what you, the big hauls you can get maybe from the summer, from the stuff like that happened this weekend. And then you, you merge that with, with what they did. It seemed like effectively in the last class when, cause they had to where you're, you're taking that senior film and you're making late evaluations on guys. And um, you've heard rule talk about how he likes that old school recruiting part two you know where you you don't sleep on those guys who are finishing out high school and growing later in the process so we got to remember that it all works together
1: yeah no I think I think your point is correct I mean it it's it it seems like with the staff you're going to get a very clear delineation of like we're going to have our top guys that we're going to pursue the heck out of through the spring through the early summer and then I, I mean they, they want to do those late evals. And I think I think there is a nice mix that you can find of we're gonna go after guys that are, you know, early contributors, the the really, you know, elbows out recruitment guys that you gotta fight off other teams to get. And then you're gonna have the you know, the, the Jeremiah Charles's and and the Ismail Smith Flores and those guys that, you know, just pop later on. Um and I I think that's the recipe. I mean, I, I think though, that they're in this, in the 24 class, it feels like they're just still a little bit playing from behind in terms of time and the relationships they've been able to build. But, um, you know, when you see a weekend, like they just had, I don't think they're maybe as far behind as what I thought they were, um, you know, at, at this point in the calendar. So, uh, you know, we'll see how many of those guys come back for official visits. But, I I mean, based on what we heard from guys this weekend, I, I, you know, Nebraska's right there um, in, in that competition for, for the official visits when they start what in, in June or May and June. So, that's uh, another month here.
0: All right. We made it 30 minutes. I only mentioned his name once. Uh, let's have the Dylan Rayola conversation. Obviously, he was back out here again. Brunson some at the baseball game. He was involved with seemingly every recruit that came through, uh, and he, by all accounts, had a great time. And on the other side of that, we currently preside over a message board where there's some real Joe and Rayola fatigue. What do you make of that, BC?
2: Uh, I mean, it's just it's just that point where um, it's the helicopter circling, much like my answers you know, on anything or, you know, you, you just got to some, you're waiting for it to land at this point. And so there's only so many ways you can sort of move this story forward until the, until the decision there honestly is like, I mean, I know it's like, Oh, he may, he has an official visit here and um, he's maybe going to this spring game or that spring game, but honest to goodness, he's seen all these places quite a few times now um, probably more than most recruits that see, um, you know campuses before they decide And so I do think while that stuff is important I, I also think there's a segment of not it's nothing against the Riolas at all. Um, it's just that when you're when you're constantly in the headlines um, there is that point where people are like, okay, what's the next part of this story And that that's sort of where we are now, I feel like and that that's nobody's fault. it's just the way it is. And from Nebraska's
1: point of view too like I, I don't know, I don't know what you do differently at this point. Like you you've gotten him back for multiple unofficial visits. You've sent the whole staff down there. I'm guessing cool. that there's going to be a similar show of force once coaches are able to go out on the road in the spring. But yeah, I mean it, it the only thing that's kind of left right now is, you know, is he going to take official visits before he decides um, you know that there's just not a whole lot of new, I guess, on the horizon right now unless you know, you get like a top three list or something like that, which, I mean, I think you could feel pretty comfortable naming what those three are, but, um, yeah. Are you just counting Oregon
0: and their late push here?
1: Uh, I don't know. It feels like, it feels like they're a little behind. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but that, that's just my read on it. So I think, uh, I, I get the fatigue, but at the same time, when you're pursuing the number one. Player overall in the class, the number one quarterback. That, that this is kind of how it works. I mean, this is it's a little bit similar, kind of to to, to Arch Manning, you know, with, with his recruitment. Right. And yeah,
0: I mean that's like the
1: that went Paris that went into the summer. He took a lot of unofficial visits, so it, it's uh, it's not unprecedented here.
2: We're not yeah. as used to it around here, too. I mean, with guys of like that are in that top. You you got him, and you got the number three guy, and a Williams and, a, and when Nari. And then Wingo at six, all here. I mean, we just haven't seen that type of recruit where it gets the day-to-day attention like this one.
0: Yeah, and it's it's not gonna it's not gonna stop anytime no. soon. I mean, that's the thing. And it, it as I mean, this is what people claim that they wanted, right? Like you want to be in on the top players in the country. Yep. You'd rather be in the conversation and have the fatigue of it than never having your name mentioned, right? So, uh, I. I just continue to go back to you, Nebraska just has to, uh, you know, continue to find reasons to get him out here. If he wants to come out here, uh, make sure that that relationship stays strong. It seems like he's fairly well connected to Marcus Satterfield and, and Matt rule at this point, Omar Hales, who, by the way, I, I put this on the message board. Is Omar Hales, the single most popular person on Nebraska's recruiting operation. I mean, that guy is in photos of like everybody. You just random tweets his name will just get dropped at any time. I mean, he's probably off playing Madden against somebody at any point during the day. Uh, Omar Hales, very, very popular member of Nebraska's recruiting staff, it seems.
1: Yeah, well, and, and even going back to before they even had the full staff, I mean, he was he was responsible for landing a few of the guys in this class. I mean, Kai Wallen is, is one guy that mm-hmm. I know Omar Hales visit to Sacramento was a big reason why Nebraska was able to get back on his radar. I mean, I I think he's an extremely – I think Hales is an extremely valuable piece of kind of making this all work.
0: Yeah. So there's just uh, a lot obviously kind of came out of this weekend, and we're certainly going to track all of that going forward. They're going to have another big visit operation with with April 22nd. I mean, I would expect quite a few people in town uh, for that. Rayola scheduled scheduled to, to come back. We'll see if that happens. Uh, I have no reason to believe that it won't, but we will see uh, if he's back out here for another visit there. I think that basically covers it from recruiting uh, in terms of of what we saw this weekend. Like I said, I think there's going to be some more commitments coming. One thing that uh, hasn't really been mentioned much on our board or otherwise Nebraska is getting some of their 2023 commits uh, showing up at practices and stopping by Riley Van popple has been a town in the last couple days, Malachi Coleman. I think it's been a fixture uh, at Nebraska's practices when they've been there. So, um, you know, I, it's, it's good. You, you kind of, especially in the role that I'm in, you, you move to the next class, you kind of forget about these other guys. There's a whole crop of guys that are going to be coming in at the beginning of June that are only going to add to the sort of newness that we see around this football program right now, where everything feels just, a little bit different only a handful of them came in for january and a lot more will be coming in in june any final thoughts anything you guys want to say before we depart we'll be back on friday we'll do another podcast uh friday to wrap up the week but we're the spring is one third of the way over one third of the way done does it feel that way to you uh
1: it's gone quick i mean it's uh
0: I don't know. If it, it
1: feels like it's moving at an appropriate pace, I don't think it it's it's no. really gone too uh
2: too slow or too fast.
0: Yeah. BC, you got any final thoughts, anything you want to add, anything you want to tell the people at home?
2: No, I don't I have nothing to plug really. Uh a ton of stories on the site. They should go they should come to the site cuz we talked about almost every guy under the sun who was here, so they should do that. It's a That's a great idea. We'll finish on this. A hearty congratulations to
1: a uh, friend of the pod, Todd Peterson, who apparently uh, had their second child, I guess, according oh, to social wow. media. So 2042 recruiting class, I guess, would be what it would be. It would be. So uh, keep an eye on that, I guess. I'm Mark, excited
0: the next time. File that, that one away. Went, yeah. I, I'm excited for him to to send in a song that this new child really likes and for BC to read the lyrics like he did with that <laughs> hot dog song. Yeah. it was a favorite of everybody. We are overdue for a uh, a mailbag podcast. Yeah. So we will certainly, after spring ball, <clears throat> we will certainly make that happen sometime in late April, early May. So if you have certain questions that you would like, if you if you want to hear more sock <clears throat> talk, we'll see if it can happen. Uh, BC's got anything for us, but uh, we'll we'll get to that. In the meantime, be sure to check out Husker 24-7, everything that we have been doing lately up on that site, husker247.com. We're going to have some stuff on Texas. Talked with Garrett McGuire and Bob Wager about their experience in Texas and how it can help them as Nebraska tries to recruit that state. Uh, certainly, more coverage from the recruiting weekend, more recruits that'll likely be in for the next couple practices. Practice again on Thursday. Uh, there's practices I would believe on Saturday as well, or and then yes. you know continuing into the next week. We're we're getting a little bit closer, and as always, everything you need, everything you want to know, Husker twenty four seven. Dot com. We'll be back later this week with some more podcast content.